We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. I'm Trevor Lane back from vacation. We are back in action, getting ready for the NBA season to start off. We've got basketball in just a few weeks, training camp even closer. Oh, boy, Keith, I'm glad to finally be be, uh, be back to it here. As enjoyable as the vacation was. Yeah, it's funny. I think you're like me in that we are both cre- creatures of routine, right? Like mm-hmm. it's like this is what I do. This is the rough time I do it in. And in as much as vacation is great, like then I, I know I was halfway through my cruise and I was just like, I, I like at one point my wife and daughter, are like, what are you doing? And I was, I had a notepad out and I was like making notes of articles I wanted to write when I got home. And they were just like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's funny. I saw a good friend of mine. I was like, when you turn like the hobby you love most in the world in your job. It really doesn't feel like work. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm selfishly, I'm happy you're back. Cause that means we're back to recording. We can talk about hoops. That's right. That's right. And we've got a ton to talk about in the NBA. Um, thankfully there was no Damian Lillard trade. We'll talk <laughs> about Damian Lillard in, in just a minute, but yeah. unfortunately there was no trade, but there was one thing that happened in my world that was, Pretty big, anyway, in terms of the Lakers and how we cover that team and, and everything. But uh, Jared Vanderbilt got got an extension, an extension, four years, forty eight million for Jared Vanderbilt player option on the last year. What was your reaction to that deal, Keith? I've talked about it a ton already. Even I just got back and I've already talked about it a ton. That's that's how you know I was itching to get back in the saddle here. Yeah, yeah, I figured. I figured you were probably like, hey, uh, drive home so I can uh, start recording, you know, from that's my right. phone here. Um, yeah, <laughs> I and I tweeted this at the time. I know you didn't see it because you were out and about, but I said um, a great deal for, for the Lakers and a good deal for him too it's he maybe he could have gotten a little bit more if he had had a really big Mm -hmm. season this year but it wasn't going to be so much more that I think the risk of him not having a great season maybe not playing as much those kind of things would have knocked him down this is is just a really good fair value for both sides and I think for the Lakers this continues they what in my opinion has been a very strong off season for them. And, and even if we, it's funny. I said this the other day on a radio spot, I said, it's, I'm calling it off season plus because like it all started with the Hachimura trade in January for them. Mm-hmm. And that's when they started rebalancing this roster and putting things together in a way that makes a lot more sense. And then now we're finally, you know, moving to a place where, all right, now we've kind of got our eyes on the pieces we like long-term. Uh, maybe even some of the pieces we like in a post LeBron um, type situation here. And, and I think they've done a really good job. I, I don't think there's the Hachimura deal for me. It, it's a little bit of an overpack. I, I, cause I just don't know who they were bidding against in mm-hmm. that situation, but everything else that they did is either a fair value or in the case of like Austin Reeves, a ridiculously good value. So once you add all that up, that's like an AA plus off season. And I have no issue with anything they did. Yeah. And all the guys that they've, they've brought in, they're all in their mid twenties. So 
It's not yeah. like they're bringing in a bunch of aging players like they did a few years ago. So um, here's the stuff for the last few years, right? Oh, I guess man. what it feels like. <laughs> well, there was the one season they really went into yes. with everybody that was yeah. that was yeah, you, know, Carmelo, you had to be yeah, over 30, yeah. over 35 in order yeah. to be on. Like they called me and asked me if I if I wanted to join up. They said, hey, you're old enough. Do you want do you want to come play? Um, I, I, I declined. I said, no, I will watch this mess from, from afar. Um, and that's exactly what it was, but, but no, it does seem like they've made, uh, some real strides here the, mm-hmm. this summer in terms of rectifying, not just, uh, not just the team and the roster itself, but the public perception of the front office, it was in yes. shambles following yeah. the, the, uh, Russell Westbrook trade. I mean, everybody around the league wondering, do they even know what they're doing? What, what is happening? Fans were beside themselves. It was a mess. And, um, the last post trade deadline till now, they've done a lot to to turn perception of them as a front office around, and uh, we'll see. You know, on paper they look like they've got a pretty deep team, but uh, but we'll see what it looks like when the ball's actually out on the floor and they start playing games. But so far, so good for the Lakers summer. Yeah, and I've seen some people say like that's a lot of money for Vanderbilt. He couldn't even be on the floor at the end of playoff games, and you got kind of played out. That only happened in you know, certain situations and I get it. Yeah. He's probably not going to close games, but this guy's making less than 10% of the cap. Like, you know, where, where do we really expect that to go? Like, this is good money for a guy who is the way the Lakers play, like the backup four or five is kind of how I'm viewing him is a, you know, backup big man in the rotation. And we'll, we'll see how, you know, the Christian Wood experiment goes this year and does Jackson Hayes finally pop and all those things. But if nothing else, you know, Vanderbilt's a guy you can plug in there on the nights. You need a little bit more defense, a little bit more rebounding, some energy, and you just go and, you, and you're going to be fine. And that's, that's great to have. Those are the kind of guys. And I think, you can make a workable backup front court in the regular season, especially with him and Christian Wood. And on the nights when maybe AD and LeBron are both out, which we'll have to work that in. We forgot to put that in the show, run down the new resting policy. So maybe we talk about oh, yes. that now. We don't know how often those two will rest in the same game, but it's um that is something that you can do too. You can put those two guys, you know, if you're, you know, like I, my favorite saying is a, it's a Tuesday night in February in Charlotte. Like, can you put, put the two of them on the floor together and, and get by? Yeah, you absolutely can. So they, you know, 12 million average annual value, no issue at all. We're still waiting on the exact structure. It hasn't come out yet. Cause I don't think he's officially signed it yet or maybe he has i'd have to look and see i don't remember because i don't think it's come out from the team yet. no i haven't seen it now again i was in the middle of the ocean but i haven't haven't seen an official announcement from the team in general what happens this time of year is he'll be back in the facility in a minimum in two weeks but probably Mm -hmm. sometime within the next week you're already seeing all the uh tweets and everything come out about guys working out together and all these things. So everybody's kind of filtering back 15 in 15 pounds of muscle, 15 <laughs> pounds of muscle. That's the one. Yep. I may have put on 15 pounds on the cruise ship. But it wasn't muscle. <laughs> no. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I'm working on uh, finding the 15 pounds of muscle. It's there. It's just under you know several layers of that. Um, and I'll find it eventually, but I, yeah, you know, it, when you look at this stuff though, that's where we're at and the types of in the calendar. So it'll probably get signed as soon as he gets back in town. He's probably wrapping up whatever mm-hmm. he's doing, enjoying the you know last little bit of the off season and we'll go and then then we'll get the exact structure. But twelve million average annual value, slam dunk deal for the Lakers and for it- Vanderbilt. And I like that you brought up the percentage of the cap. That was the point that I brought up on the Lakers Nation podcast, which I actually just published on uh, YouTube uh, shortly before we started recording this. But uh, but that when you look at this, like 7% of the cap for a, a guy like Jared Vanderbilt, who's already a very good defensive player, if he can hit, say, the 35% from the corner three that he did when he was with the Jazz to where you at least have to guard him out there, he didn't do that with the Lakers. But if he can do that, which, again, he did do it with Utah, so it's an achievable goal, that goes a long way towards increasing his playability on the offensive end as well. And at that point, I think he far exceeds the value of his of his contract. I think he's worth what he is right now as a player. He's worth the contract that he got if he can clean up a few little things here and there. And again, he's only 24, so plenty of upside still. Um, then he could definitely provide a lot of bang for your buck on the contract that they got him on. So I think it's a good deal. It's an exciting one. Uh, you're right. The other big policy that came out was the no resting stars policy. They don't want two stars out on any given night. Uh, what did you think about this and how creative do you think teams are going to get in terms of getting around this? 
Yeah, I think uh, we're clear enough of COVID being a daily story in our lives that I think we may see the return of the old flu-like symptoms uh, popping up here every once in a while because that's that's in many ways the easiest thing to, to tag a guy with if you really just want to give him a rest night. Because then mm -hmm. the other thing is you're like, well, we, he's not even here because we don't want him infecting the rest of the team and all that stuff. In general, I love what the NBA is trying to do. Don't get me wrong. I would love it if all the best players all played 82 games. I think it would be great if that's how it went. That's not how it's going to go. It just isn't. Mm -hmm. They're going to rest these guys as long as teams continue to believe the most important thing that they can do is try to win a championship. They're going to do everything they can to get there in the best way they think possible. So and I players think, too. We continue to hold too, that, yeah. that, that standard to players that if you're a superstar and you finish your career and you haven't won a championship, yep. that's always going to be the asterisk next to your name. He was great. He was an MVP, but he never won a championship. If that continues to be the bar that you have to clear, that's when it's going to be what's most important. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, I say that all the time. Yeah. If you can remove the, you know, he's one of the top 10 players, but, but dot, 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 if you can remove everything after one of the top 10 players, yeah, every guy in the league wants to be able to do that. So that's why I don't criticize guys like Kevin Durant for doing what he did with signing with the Warriors. Cause if we're going to say that's the most important thing, then that's where we go. That said, I don't know how much this changes. Flu-like symptoms, rolled an ankle, has back spasms, anything like that, we're still going to see. If teams push it too far, I do think the league will step in and they'll start levying fines and all the other things that go along with it. But I think in general, what, what they're really trying to do is, hey, when it's one of two or three games on, on a Thursday night and it's the TNT game, can you not sit an entire you know, starting five? Like yeah. that's That's what they don't want. Right. They want it like they want. Hey, let's play most of your guys. Let's get them out there in these big national TV games of which what's kind of funny. One of the things just as an aside, I was just talking with someone the other day. They said, don't be surprised if you see like uh, Disney under with ABC and ESPN under their umbrella. Say, you know what? Some of the ESPN games. We're going to move those to ABC, too, or simulcast mm -hmm. on ABC because they don't have anything else to put on because of the writers and actors strike unless oh, that gets point. solved. And it sounds like there's like a two-week thing where October 1st is a looming large is a fairly big deadline. And that, um, that's a whole other story that I don't know quite enough to really talk about. But that was something that I heard is, is they're looking for filler program. You know, maybe they say, hey, let's throw these games on ABC. And then they're really going to want the stars to play because they're going to want people to tune in and watch. So I, I don't know how much it changes, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. You know, I think it's one of these things where, yeah, the, the idea is a good one, but teams are still going to figure out a way to make sure to get their guys the rest they feel like they need. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was looking at. Like, okay, let's say LeBron goes in to the medical staff, second out of back to back. And he says, Hey, my foot really hurts. What are they going to do? Are they going to play him? Yeah. No, right? They're, they're going to say, no, his foot hurts. He's he's out, right? That's And then what's the league going to say? They're going to come back and say, well, I don't, you know, I mean, it, it gets a little bit messy if teams really decide they're going to rest guys. I think they're still going to find ways to do it. But mm -hmm. I think the the letter of the law, it, it may not be followed exactly, but the, the spirit of the law, I should say, is more, hey, don't rest everybody. Don't pull these guys for these big national games yeah. because it's not for the overall, it's not to the overall benefit of, the league as a whole. Now, from the fan perspective, from my perspective specifically, like I, I don't care. I just want my team to to win games, right? So when I'm looking at it, if I'm gonna sit, like for if you're a two star team or if you're a three star team, if you're gonna sit two guys, just sit all three. If you're gonna make it more likely a high probability that you're gonna lose the game, don't waste one of your other star players playing it. I don't care if it's nationally televised or not. That doesn't matter to me, but I understand why from the NBA's perspective, they want the casual viewer to tune in. Cause I'm watching the game regardless. They want the casual viewer to, to who's flipping through the channels, who doesn't buy league pass and sees, Oh, look, it's the Lakers playing on ABC. Oh, but no LeBron, no Anthony Davis. What, you know, what are we going to watch for here? They don't want that situation happening. I understand their perspective on it. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Or like, it's the Warriors in the last game of a road trip 
sending the entire starting group home early. And yeah. then it's that one of those Saturday night showcase games and you turn it on and it's like, uh, Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody getting the start tonight. No offense meant towards those guys, <laughs> of course, but it's like, all right, well, that's a little different than what I thought I was you know, sure. going to watch here. So yeah, it's, it's, we'll see. I mean, this is, it feels like with the NBA, there's a whole lot of stuff right now where it's like, it's going to take a few years, the CBA, the in-season tournament, this new policy, and then eventually it'll all settle in and we'll all be fine. And we'll forget, you know, all the hubbub that was around it. You know, when it was talked about in the time, uh, Keith, this is totally, you know, unscheduled nonsense here, but <laughs> speaking of Disney and ABC, did you see the stuff going around on Twitter about the bear? Yeah. And the, the, the magic kingdom. Yeah. How does that, how does that even happen? How does a bear get in to the magic kingdom? So, so I live like right behind Magic Kingdom, like close enough that fireworks can be seen from our sure. back porch every single night. Um, you can hear the train whistles. You can hear all the stuff. So that's how close I am to the backside of property. For those who don't know, I worked there for 20 years. So that's why we live so close. There are, it's, you would be surprised on the backside of the parks, how like non gated it is and fenced and everything else and but that's because there's kind of constant security patrols right. so and it's also completely undeveloped in large chunks right behind um the theme park so a bear so, getting in there now bear swimming over to tom sawyer's island which is an island it is an actual island yeah um swimming over and then holding up in a cave on tom sawyer's island if it turns out that's actually what really happened that's wild stuff and i don't know we do it's funny because it was reported that uh, the people who saw it said it looked like a brown bear we don't have brown bears in florida which i, just, I didn't realize cool. you have bears in florida period yeah, to, be, to be honest yeah, there's a there's a thing called the florida black bear okay um, yeah 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 I, mean, I, I just think games and panthers yeah, and we've actually had one roaming around our um, neighborhood uh, in recent, uh, over, like over the last six months, and like he keeps getting spotted. And part of the sad thing is generally when that happens, it means they're sick and, you know, they're, they're scrounging for food because they can't find it otherwise, and that's generally ends in a sad way. But anyway, yeah, man, I'm not sure how, how it got over there. And if it's a brown bear, that opens a whole host of other questions of like, how did this happen in period? Like, did you know, somebody like have a brown bear and release it somehow right. or whatever. But yeah, man, it's going to be crazy to monitor. And as of like an hour ago, they still had uh, large sections of the park were closed because they were, they were dealing with it. And it's because it's Disney. They'll, they'll close bigger sections than they really need to just to make sure like, okay, if this thing starts running through the park, at least yeah. you know it's there, but yeah, man, crazy stuff. I'm already seeing the cocaine bear memes that are going around. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, it, you know, in any event, the, the hopefully that situation gets resolved in a in a positive way. I mean, you go to Disney World, he's looking for a little food shelter. You know, the the bare necessities. Yeah, we don't want this to become unbearable. That's that's right. It could end in a grisly fashion, which is certainly not not what we want to see here. This show's <laughs> barely about basketball. Anyway. <laughs> I wish we had a John Morant topic to go to right, right now so we can talk about the Grizzlies, uh, but we don't. All right, let's get hey, in. Segue, I put Desmond Bain on my uh, best uh, contracts list of the summer on Track. Go check that out. If you're oh, there you go. Ooh, there you go. Um, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, uh, barely snuck it in there. You barely did. I, I guess we could have talked about You did have uh, Dylan Brooks on your worst contracts, but uh, but he's no longer a Grizzly. So. But let's let's jump Let's jump to this topic. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, the dames of our lives. The Damian Lillard trade talks. The Miami Heat, the Portland Trailblazers, they are picking up. But Brian Windhorst on his podcast said it still doesn't sound like much is going on. Much is actually going to happen. So they are talking more, but it still doesn't sound like they're that close to actually making a deal. Media day is coming. Portland is one of those teams that I'm looking at thinking, man, that media day, in addition to to Philadelphia, in addition to a few others, I mean, Miami, obviously, because of their connection with all this, a number of teams have some really interesting questions heading into media day. But Portland, oh boy, this gets really interesting if media day comes and Lillard is still with the Blazers. Now, Damian Lillard is a pro. He's been at this long enough. I'm sure he can defuse any questions that are lobbed his way. But let's face it, every player on the team is going to be asked about this. Everybody's going to, Scoot Henderson is going to be asked about this situation. Uh, That's going to be a little bit uncomfortable, particularly if we do really go into the regular season with Damian Lillard still on on the roster. What does that look like? Um, And it feels like this is, we're getting closer to actually heading down that path, the closer we get to media day actually arriving and training camp starting. Yeah, and to be very clear, because I've gotten this question a handful of times, and I think people were just a little confused. When we talk about media day or the start of training camp or the start of regular season being a deadline, that's very much a deadline, in quotes. There's no rule around that. Damian Lillard could be traded today, tomorrow. could be traded all the way in October. The NBA trade season officially opens, like, December 15th, because that's when the guys who signed over the summertime are eligible to be traded, about 90% of them or so. And then the rest in January 15th, trade deadline itself is in early uh, February. So, but as far as Damian Lillard being traded, but why we say it's a deadline is because of the awkwardness of, hey, media day, even for the worst teams in the league, it's supposed to be a fun, exciting, fresh start. Yeah. We're all here. We're all, you know, ready to go. And here's first day of school. Exactly. Yeah. And here's what we want to accomplish and all that kind of stuff. And, and I think for Portland, yeah, it's a little weird because, all right, well, then one of the questions that, you know, Chauncey Billups will be asked is, Hey, what are you going to do with the, you know, five, six guards on your team? that don't need to play. Like and all need to play major minutes. And, and I'm sure there'll be all, oh, you know, we're going to figure that out not to spend more time on the rest policy. But one of the things that's in there too, is you can't just shut guys down anymore. Like, that's like a whole thing. Now, they are going to be reasonable. You know, if you're in the last week of the season, you've kind of clinched everything. Mm-hmm. They get it. Like, hey, we don't want to risk injury with that sort of stuff. But it's not like Portland can just open day one and be like, hey, until Dame's trade thing is resolved, we're just not going to play him because that's going to be a whole thing. That's going to be, you know, in violation of the rest policy and shutting guys down and all that stuff. So, yeah, so that is why it is a little bit of a deadline. I still think in the next two weeks here before media day comes, I think we will get a Damian Lillard trade. I just, I, I think it'll get done. And I do when Woj says like they're picking up. Well, it sounds like anything is, you know, picking up because <laughs> they were while, nothing. nothing. Yeah. It sounded like there was literally no one was calling. They weren't calling anybody again, not uncommon in August, the beginning part of September, um, really, it's after Labor Day is when kind of everybody gets back to work in the NBA. So not surprising. But, yeah, I, I don't know what to make of this. I still think a trade gets done, but let's see. Yeah. Yeah, I still think it gets done as well. I think there's too much riding on the heat getting this done. Like, it's clear 
they need another point guard on this roster. And um, so I think they, they need to get this done. But I also think for the Blazers, do you really want to start Scoot Henderson's career with him playing off ball a bunch? Because Damian Lillard's going to have the ball in his hands. Is that really the way that you want Coming things? And again, the they, they, right? yeah, they, they yeah. have to get the assets they need. They have to. So how are you going to build out the future if you don't get the assets that you need? But is I still think a middle ground is going to be found at some point. Uh, they yeah. have to. They, I think there's too much incentive on both sides to get this thing done. So. Um, yeah. I agree with you. I think it ultimately gets done, but it may be the day before media day. It may, you know, it could be, you know, up until the uh, the last minute here. Sometimes that's what happens. That's what happens with these types of negotiations. Say too, Woj was very clear. One of the things that has been going on as he's picked back up is trying to find third and maybe even fourth teams to mm-hmm. help move this along. Because that's, it seems pretty clear there is not a path for a straight Portland Miami trade that Portland wants to do. Like, I think we can all say that. So I think we're in a spot where, all right, they're going to have to get a third team in there, find the right third team. Let's get every, you know, all the right pieces moved in the right spots and let's, let's move forward with this. Cause nobody, even us as fans and as much as like, we've had a lot of fun with this whole thing and with the dames of our lives. Like, I think I, I know I can say for myself, I'm ready for it to be done and to move on to analyzing what is Damian Lillard going to look like? With the heat, what did Portland get back in return? You know, what does that all look like? Or does some surprise third team jump in that we're mm-hmm. not talking about and thinking about? And that's, again, I've said this for months, that it becomes increasingly more likely the longer this drags out that somebody else says, all right, now we, we can meet the asking price. We'll make it work and figure it out. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, dames of our lives should not have as long of a lifespan as the show days of our lives. That's that's for sure. This needs to get resolved one way or another uh let's jump over to the warriors here chris paul planning to start with the warriors how yeah <laughs> how are they how are they planning on play that now, i don't think that chris paul and steph curry side by side is necessarily just oh my gosh this can never work like steph plays really well off ball right now, i don't know that you constantly want to take the ball out of steph curry's hands to give it to chris paul because he's not the player that he once was. But nonetheless, I, I don't think that this is a completely impossible fit here. The question is more, who are you pulling off the floor? Is it Kevon Looney that you're pulling out of your starting five in order to put Chris Paul in? And if so, why are you doing that? Like, don't do that. Just don't do that. That, that doesn't make any sense. I don't, it, it, aside from just massaging Chris Paul's ego to some degree here, so he can still say, yep, I'm a starter. To me, it makes way more sense to bring Chris Paul off the bench and maybe that's ultimately where they land but doesn't sound like that's where this is going to go and i don't know if that's the best thing for the warriors here keith yeah that curry thompson green wiggins looney group has been one of the best in the league when they've all played the challenge as we all know over the last several years other than the title year they didn't always play together a lot mm-hmm. so you know wiggins missed a large, large chunk of last season. Clay is obviously missed time. Both Curry and Green have missed time. So, so that's where you, if you're Steve Curry, you got to feel at least a little bit of heartburn about breaking that, that up, right? Like, is that really the direction we want to go? Now, this is to be clear on this. Mark Spears had one of the initial pieces of reporting, and he said very clearly, "I'm not speculating. Like, I'm telling you yeah. what I've been." is that Chris Paul is going to start. Ramona Shelburne on the low post with Zach Lowe um, said, I think he's going to start too. And then Zach was like, kind of, I think where you and I are like, like how and why? And like, what, like, like, why is that going to be a thing? I I'm starting to lean towards, yeah, he probably does start. Right. Because all these people are saying that he's never not started in to your point. I think Looney becomes the easiest pull. And I know people have said, who cares? It's only for the first five minutes of the game. Yeah, but then like you're I like, what are we are we gonna play every game down, you know, seven, eight points? Because there's a chance that happens. The Warriors aren't always the you know fastest starters, you know, out of the gate anymore. They're not they, they don't come out raining down threes on you like they used to. So I'm just I'm I'm very, very curious. I, I know some people have said it needs to be Clay who goes to the bench, it's time. Mm-hmm. That leaves you so small in the backcourt. You're already small in the front court, even with be, Looney. You pull, Lo- you pull Looney. Your tallest player is Andrew Wiggins at six yeah. seven. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I know Draymond Green does what he, he plays does. Bigger. What he's, you'll sure. probably done that maybe better at his size in the league, at least in decades. But the challenge is you're going to ask Draymond Green to play the five all year to open games. Cause when you're playing the five to open, that means you open guarding Jokic, guarding Embiid, guarding, you know, the biggest you know, yep. guys in the league. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm very, very curious to this one. I think maybe if he does start Christmas ish, as long as, you know, reason be expected, I think they probably pull the, pull the plug on it and he goes back to the bench. I continue to believe, I don't know that he's on the Warriors post trade deadline. I think there's mm. a good chance they, they trade him this again. Is a a D'Lo situation. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Where, you know, as a pseudo expiring contract, cause next year's completely non-guaranteed that's, that's where you go and you just move him and maybe something else. Cause the, up to the trade down down too, this is their last chance at aggregating salaries mm. as long as they're going to be this expensive. So, you know, you get your 30 million in Chris Paul plus, you know, throw together another salary or two Kaminga, and off you Moody, go. something like that. Yeah, exactly. That's how you kind of maybe shore up the bench with two, three guys or whatever it is you need or really land some other big name or something. We'll see. Yeah. I, look, I don't have a problem if you tell me that group's closing games. Like, that's what I expect, right? The way that would wind up closing games and just starting games. And again, like you said, you're putting a lot on Draymond, assuming it's Looney that gets pulled um, and not Clay Thompson, because I, I don't think it's going to be Clay, but it'll be interesting to see. Like, Again, skill-wise, talent-wise, these are all very, very good basketball players. I'm just sure. concerned about the size problems. And look, we we just got off of seeing size issues plague Team USA and Steve Kerr continuing to play small and all of that sort of stuff. I, I don't know. That's that that could be a challenge for the Warriors this season. But nonetheless, we'll, we'll see how it all works out again. They're all very talented basketball players. There's no question there. I just question the fit. Uh, speaking of the Warriors, speaking of Clay, they are talking extension with Clay Thompson. Should they be doing this, Keith? And how cautious should the Warriors be here? No, no issue with them talking extension. I think if you gave him something like what Draymond Green got money-wise, about twenty-five million a year, I have no problem with that. Just you know, and I know some are like, I oh, should probably be getting down around you know fifteen to twenty. It's just it's too far of a drop from the forty-plus that he makes now. So I think you get to a spa with Clay where. Yeah, and I would be trying again. Let's try to align it so it's pretty tight with Steph and with Draymond. So that way, you know, we're all kind of wrapping up at about the same time here so we can move into whatever's next. So, but yeah, I that that's fine with me. And I would be, I'd be trying to lock him up. He's he's been too important to everything they've been over the last few years. And all reports are um reading a bunch of stuff. He looks really good. He wasn't did not play at all last season because they were basically in a spot where he didn't want to get hurt again mm-hmm. going into the season and didn't really have any kind of off season. Now it sounds like he's back to, to playing. I get it, he's on the wrong side of 30, but he, even if he turns into just kind of a designated shooter type, that's, that's fine for everything he's meant to them and what he would still be even in that role. My prediction is two years, 50 million. Yeah. Two years, two years, 50 that. million. That, that way you align the deal with staff. You align it with, yep. Uh, with Wiggins as a player option that next season, same thing with Draymond Green. You're committing to this season and two more seasons with this group together, and then you let this dynasty of a of a team, right? I mean, I think the Warriors are a dynasty. Yeah. Um, you let them finish out their time together, and then come 2026 that summer, most likely they're probably riding off into the sunset at that point. You know, Clay will be what 36. Uh, yeah. Steph Curry be 38. So that, that's probably the end of the run there. And, uh, and they can all kind of take their final bow and exit together. So that's, that's what I'm doing if I'm the Warriors, but you just got to be careful. Well, I get, they're so far into luxury tax hell, you know, like at some point, if they're willing to pay the money, they'll pay, they'll pay it and they'll just continue to, because they're going to get the most punitive portions of, of the new CBA's uh, rules, that's going to be coming to them regardless. So if they're willing to keep paying into the luxury tax, I guess they can pay them whatever they want. But yeah, I wouldn't, just in terms of value, I wouldn't be going more than $25 million a season. And even that, I think some of that is probably, uh, hey, thanks for you know the past mm-hmm. few years. And if Draymond Green proves prophetic and is correct and that, hey, we can still get, why not two more titles? Well, then you know what you say in the summer 2026? All right, let's go. Let's do another you know, yep. one or two year deal. And we'll just kind of from there at that point, just 
age related, we'd be into the pushing you for staff. We'd be up against the over 38 rule, all that stuff. So you're really going year to year at that point, but then you just keep going year to year and just, you know, we'll keep playing it out as long as we need to and keep kind of going. So, you know, we'll see, but yeah, it's, it's they're They're one of the harder teams. We've talked about this a little bit. The West is so deep because you could talk me into, you know what, between the new resting rules and they all have one more, you know, really healthy season. They all look great. And they finished as a top, you know, two seed in the mm-hmm. West. You could also talk me into, yeah, things just kind of go a little sideways and they're like the fifth or sixth seed. That's very easy to see too. You know, it's, it's, they're a little bit hard to peg just, you know, because they're firmly in that mix with a whole bunch of other really good teams in the West. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and the Warriors, they did make a move. They added Usman Garuba. Um, I, I love on a two way. Yeah. Why not? Why yeah. would, I mean, it's a two way contract, whatever. And he was a uh, he was a draft pick just a few years ago. He was a decently high pick. Was he like 19 or something like that in the draft yeah, that year? First round, yeah. Somewhere right, right around there. But uh, interesting. Okay, 23. But interesting player, uh, versatile defender. Almost a little Draymond like. Mm-hmm. Not he's not Draymond. Okay, I'm not saying he's Draymond, but it's similar in terms of his, his limitations as well as what he's good at in terms of his passing. He, he can occasionally knock in a three, can be tough on the boards, rebounding, all that sort of stuff. Has good timing on his shot blocking. Uh, again, nowhere near the caliber of Draymond Green, but could kind of see where a guy like Garuba could could look at what the Warriors have done with him and say, yeah, if I'm if I've got to sign a two way somewhere, why not go to the place that already kind of has. Uh, made use of my archetype of of a player. So uh, makes sense, I think, for all parties involved. And we'll see if he's somebody that they can continue to develop. Yeah, it's, I mean, we are talking ridiculously small sample size theater here. Yep. But he made 40% on 63-point attempts last season. Yes, he did. Even if that settles to be 35%. That's really good for what he could be, you know, moving forward in the league. And that's that's going to be something we'll keep an eye on. But, yeah, for the Warriors, I mean, he's only going to be 22, uh, you know, about a little over midway through this season. So still young enough that, you know, why not? Right there, there's really no downside to this for Golden State. All right. It's time. Weather-related news here. Five this evening. It is in southwestern Georgia. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. The Clippers have reportedly moved on from a James Harden trade. They pulled the plug on that. Not really a surprise based on what we've heard Daryl Morey wanted. He wanted both to not decline as a team, one to get pieces back or picks back that would allow the team that he could then flip, that would allow the team to be at minimum just as good as they are right now or better, plus not take on any future salary. It's very, very difficult to do both of those things at the same. Usually you have to give in one area or or the other. Uh, he wanted both, and, and that obviously wasn't going to work out. So now... As we inch closer to media day for Philly, they are going to be one of the most interesting teams to keep an eye on as well with Joel Embiid. What does he think of this whole situation? Does James Harden show up for media day? What does his physical condition look like? We've seen that be an issue uh, in the past. This is fascinating, but it sounds like the, the Clippers said, yeah, we're out. Now, one phone call obviously can change that, but if the Clippers are truly you know, out on this, what happens? It seems like James Harden is just kind of stuck with the 76ers. Yeah, because all the other teams that were mentioned, they, they either didn't make sense or I'm not sure they really make sense now either. Like the Knicks had been mentioned. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get that when it was put out there in the world back in June. They certainly don't get it now. Like they, they, they're, That team has more guards than they can probably actually play. So yeah. I, I don't yeah, I don't know where this goes. I'm not sure who's clamoring. It's James Harden, so it's not – I don't want to pretend like he's terrible and no one's going right. to want him. Very but true. the reality is, you know, there's some nonsense that comes along with it. So you're kind of thinking, like, all right, do I really want to get involved in that world? You know, where where am I going with this? And and then you got to factor in, like, if I trade for him, is he going to stay or what's that going to look like? So, yeah, I I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm you know, really – interested to see and what does it look like uh 
they're oddly the Sixers are doing training camp at Colorado Springs, uh, Colorado. I, I hope that. they. Uh, I, I hope they don't wear hats and sunglasses inside uh, when they talk to the media. I don't know if you saw that nonsense, but Colorado State's coach uh, took a shot at Deion Sanders, who's mm. like, you know, did did not appreciate it and used it as a fodder to help fire up his team as they they went in there and won. But it really is one of those things where it's just like. Yeah, it's just going to be another one of these messy media days if he's you know, still on the Sixers roster. And then the question becomes, is he there or not? You know, and then then what happens? And, you know, where, where do we go go with this one? So, yeah, let's, let's, let's keep an eye on this in two weeks. This is a, a more dramatic Damian Lillard situation where yeah. whether or not he's there, every player is going to be asked about this situation. Yeah. Every yeah. player is going to have to deal with it. And that's... That's not going to be easy, particularly when when you know Damian Lillard didn't come come out and, and make a comment you know about the Blazers or anything like that. They didn't make comments about Joe Cronin or something like that. He uh, not the way Harden went after Morey. So, of course, that's going to add another element to all of the questions that are going to be asked on Media Day. And um, yeah, I, I don't see who you never know with this stuff. Again, it takes one phone call to change course of negotiations with any team, but it doesn't seem like there's a clear path to, to James Harden leaving Philly right now. Yes, especially if it's not the Clippers. And also, let's say teams and players in these situations figure out a way around the whole, we don't really want the guy to play or the player doesn't want to be there. And let's say they, they there's some way that that happens. Well, mm-hmm. if you're Portland, you don't really care if Damian Lillard's not there, not really a part of things, because you're not necessarily trying to be very good if you're feeling you don't have james harden you're like we don't have james harden we don't have anything we got for james harden now we're just quite frankly we're a worse team yep right there because this is not a the things weren't so bad for them on the floor where this is an addition by subtraction situation from and i'm obviously going off a year ago we're just a worse team we, we don't have anything we, we have nothing to show for that you know 35 36 million dollar salary slot so now we're just sitting there stuck, and that that becomes a mess. Absolutely, absolutely. Ah, uh, Keith, on what like, I don't envy Sixers fans in this situation, or, or Blazers fans, or Heat fans, where they've got this this kind of hanging over your franchise and everything. But just looking from a league perspective, there's so much drama going into media day. Right. Like it feels like there's a ton that we're just going to be waiting. Like, does this player show up? If they do show up, what do they say? Say what is like? We're gonna have so much to break down post media day this year. May, it, there's always a lot, but this year feels like there's some extra dramatic elements for us to to really sink our teeth into. Yeah, media day is you're looking for like that one kind of juicy quote where it's yes. like the dude whose jumper was questioned was like, all I did was work on my jumper all summer. And like, so then you're kind of like, Hey, all right, good. Like, let's run with that. Or, you know, right. yeah, you know, I, I, you know, every once in a while somebody comes out and is like, you know, I signed here cause they told me I could play the four and I'm really excited to, you know, be a sure. four or whatever it is, or I'm going to get more ball handling or they told me I would start and those kind of stories you know, around the, you know, yeah, I gained 10 pounds of muscle and, you know, all the other stuff like that, that stuff's always going to be there. But yeah, these ones are almost going to be like, you're going to be kind of sitting there. While, like, I know I'll probably just be scrolling tweet deck with like, what are the Sixers and Blazers writers tweeting out? Because mm-hmm. those are going to be every time the new person comes to the mic, even in to that point, their teams will probably issue some form of, we're not going to answer any questions about this. Guess what? They're going to be asked in some player in Philly, my, my guess is maybe Patrick Beverly is going to say like, all right, I have something to say. I, I've got a point I want to make about this because yeah. he's not going to care, right? He's going to say what he wants to say. So yeah, he's, he's going to say it while in the middle plugging his podcast. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> As you heard on the Pat Bev podcast. Right. Yep. <laughs> that's how it'll go. But yeah, I think that's going to be, it's going to be fascinating for media day, but it sounds like James Harden kind of stuck with the 76ers for right now. Now, what I'll do, maybe I'll go to Magic Media Day this year and I'll say, so on the front office show podcast, they talked about, and then uh, and then I'll lead every single question with that. And I, that, that'll that get old about two players in and no one will want to listen to it anymore, but I'll do we'll it. Send you, we'll send you in a front office show t-shirt too, and we can have you go just wander behind every camera. I'll have a sandwich board made. There you go. If Perfect. I turn my back, you still get it. Uh, Perfect. 
All right, let's get to, well, all right. I've, I've been purposefully kind of avoiding this one, but uh, the Kevin Porter <sighs> Jr. situation. Um, we all know the, you know the allegations at this point against him. Uh, domestic violence situation. The Rockets, though, reportedly looking at a trade. So, for I mean, before we get into any of the other stuff, obviously, if this is true, and I'm a firm believer that you're innocent until proven guilty, but if this stuff is true, this is horrible, reprehensible, and comes way before basketball or sports or, or anything like that. If there there's truth to, you know, these these allegations, so I think that first and foremost needs to be needs to be said, um, and obviously the legal system will handle whatever is going on there um from the basketball front why is the path here for the rockets to try to trade kevin porter jr rather than just cut him given his contract that he's not fully guaranteed for next season yeah the rockets have taken a lot of heat um over the last week or ish since the reports of them trying to trade him came out and this is one where I, I you really have to silo these things if, yes. you, if you want to even attempt to understand it. I by no means place any blame on anybody who's like, I do not care. Wave him today. That's yeah. fine. No, no issue. That's the way you believe. I have no problem with that. All I want to attempt to do is explain why the Rockets may be going in this direction. So for them right now, Kevin Porter Jr., 15 and a half million or so on the books this season next season as you mentioned it's almost fully non-guaranteed it's about 1 million guaranteed uh right now it would go up to about 3 million if he was on the roster to start this regular season mm -hmm. this season it's, it's a kind of it's a weird set of guarantees where it's almost like all right if if, if you had behaved yourself a year in advance we're going to give you a little bit more money right clearly that's not the case so i think what the rockets are looking at is kevin porter jr will not be on this roster at the start of the regular season. He will probably, in their minds, not be on any roster at the start of the regular season. So for them, I think what they're looking at it and saying, we can turn that $15.5 into something positive and productive for our franchise. We can go get a player who can come in and fill a role. Because Kevin Porter Jr. was slated to probably play 25 minutes a night or so off the bench in that guard rotation. If we can try to replace that in any sort of deal trade, whatever it is, and get that, get a player in to really help us and help us as we try to move forward as a team and grow this, uh, you know, rebuild, we're going to do that. Knowing whoever acquires Kevin Porter Jr. is simply going to wave him and mm -hmm. say, see you later. What they would be looking to do is, now we've got about 16 million and probably it'd be, we've got about 16 million this year, 18 million next year, 20 million the year after or something like that. We don't really want on our books because we're going in a different direction or whatever. We can get that money off our books and we can get out of it with eating the 15 million this year and maybe not even have to, because that may end up getting um, voided by the right. NBA in 1 million next year. We're out of it. 16 million. We clear a bunch of money long-term and off we go. That's the salary cap, CBA of it all, where the Rockets are going to do and why another team. No other team is going to hold a celebratory press conference no. that says we acquired Kevin Porter Jr. It'll be a press, press release, likely followed by, and Porter Jr. has been waived. That'll yeah. probably be all in one. We, we acquire him, we waive him, and off we go. In addition it, to draft compensation. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And we got, yeah. And we, and that'll be, if anything, it'll be, we acquired a, you know, two second round picks or whatever it is that they get to yeah. help the Rockets get out of this. If two weeks from now, we're still in this spot. If at the worst, a month from now, when we're getting into finalizing regular season rosters, he'll either be straight waived by the Rockets, they'll eat the money themselves, plus the guarantee, let the NBA process and the legal process play out. DMA decides it voids his contract. That money will come off the books and the Rockets will move along. But for now, that's that's why they're looking to trade him. And again, anybody who trades for him, the, what they're weighing is, man, we could do this, but we're going to get killed. Like we mm -hmm. are going to get destroyed because most fans are only going to see, you know, Boston Celtics acquire Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah. And that's not what, you know, anybody's going to be like, wait, why, why, why are you doing this? Right. You know, with that. So 
yeah, it's 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 a it's a gross situation, and you almost wish the basketball stuff didn't need to be talked about. But we wouldn't be doing fairness to what this show is if we didn't talk about that side right. of it with the roster and cap management. Yeah, because that's it. That's what. If the Rockets were just waving him, then we would just say the Rockets waved him. That was it. But because they're exploring trades, we kind of have to talk about that side of it and look at why they are and why this makes sense and why they're going to be willing to attach draft capital to him so that they don't just so they turn his slot into something productive. But and they're willing to attach some some draft capital to spend something in order to make that happen. We'll see if they actually find a trade or not. But I agree. I don't think he's on the roster to start the season one way or another. So if you're a Rockets fan, I'm not expecting like a home run trade or anything like yep. that here. This is this is just can you find something useful out of a really bad situation? And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens here with, with Kevin. But again, the legal system will have to play out and figure out what you know what happens from there. And that's not our world to get into. Yeah, personal opinion. And it's just gonna be a personal opinion. I just like now. There's not the necessarily in the miles bridges situation uh the 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 woman involved immediately kind of or fairly soon after went to social media posted pictures and all these things and that was all very horrible as well we have not seen anything like that in this case but it sounds like from the police reports and everything it's there um i just you know if this is it all what it looks like happened here and i'm unfortunately 10 towards probably did much like Miles Bridges, I don't know how I rectify they play again. Like, it just feels wrong, right? Like, it feels like this should go further punishment than I miss an NBA season and then I'm back. I, I, I don't – everybody deserves a chance to rehab lives and come back from their worst moments and all these things, but that doesn't mean the chance to come back is playing basketball for a living and making millions of dollars. Like, it just – something feels – often wrong about that and i don't know fully how to reconcile that and i don't i i just i just know it 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 doesn't feel good Mm -hmm. i guess is the best way to put that so from here on out we'll cover this as transaction news comes out with it yeah we both said our piece on it here and transactionally we'll cover it from from that perspective and kind of go from there all right last thing malcolm brogdon not too happy that the Celtics tried to trade him this summer. Uh, tried to send him to the Clippers uh, in the deal that, to land Kristaps Porzingis. The Clippers didn't like his his health situation, Brogdon, and uh, and so they ultimately didn't want to go that route, and that pivoted. The Celtics pivoted into trading away Marcus Smart instead and still landed Porzingis. So um, it's it like players are human beings. They're their feelings can get hurt if you put them in a trade, if they feel like, you know, they're part of the family, so to speak. And and suddenly they find out that they're on the trade block. They, they, well, that, that can leave people feeling a little bit upset. So this isn't necessarily uncommon. I don't know how big of a deal this is ultimately going to be, but it's noteworthy because Brogdon is still recovering from an injury. Is he upset enough to where he slow plays the injury recovery or, or does that change anything there? I think those are questions to look at with the Celtics, but um, bottom line, I guess, is that is that Brogdon's not not super happy that the Celtics were looking at, at trading him away uh, this summer. Yeah, and obviously played a huge role for the team last year. Is their six man, one six man of the year, mm-hmm. was slated to play just as big, if not an even bigger role this year because Marcus Smart's no longer in the fold. So Brogdon's going to be asked if healthy, when healthy, to do more if he's on the roster. And I get it, right? It's it's one of those things where, yeah, teams love to say you you hear this all the time, right? You and I have done this so long. You know, they talk, they do like to pretend that they're a family, right? Like, like well, we're not just a team; we're a family here. Well, last I checked, you know, from my family, even though my uncle likes to bring up, you know, uh, you know, the time my other uncle ruined his, you know, touch football game at Thanksgiving that time and ruined every family barbecue. Can't trade him to the, you know, to to the Jones family. He's still, still a Smith. Like he's mm-hmm. got to stay with us. That's what's different in the NBA, right? Like Brogdon shows up, and if he was a problem, and I don't expect Malcolm Brogdon to come and you know smash the picnic table and throw potato salad in my grandfather's face, but um, you know he's uh, <laughs> these that's quite a visual examples too, by the way. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he doesn't. Uh, I don't expect that to happen. But if there's any sense of this is a problem, yeah, then maybe Boston needs to look to trade him. And at that point, 
22 and a half million. That's a pretty good tradable number. You know, you can move on, you know, and, and do, do your thing with that. And you'll probably fill another roster hole. But I think what they would rather is he's healthy enough to go and everybody kind of gets over. All right. Hey, injuries are what they are. We got to get over this and move on um, with that. So, so we'll, we'll see, but yeah, I mean, that's the other thing with Brogdon too. They tried to trade him while he was hurt. So I'm sure he's like, I won six man of the year for you. I sacrificed. I'd been a starter my entire career. Mm-hmm. Sacrifice. Not only that, I got hurt right at the end of the year. Then you just tried to ship me all the way across the country to LA. Like, not cool. Like, like, what are we doing here? So I think in reality, had that trade gone through, right? Brogdon's probably the Clippers starting point guard. They probably don't resign Westbrook. And, you know, they, 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 go into the season that way and kind of go there. And he probably landed himself in a pretty good spot, but yeah, it's just weird. And again, this Porzingis, every question is going to be, how's the foot, you know, where's the plantar fasciitis? What's it look like? Just not the things you want to be starting your, you know, your, your start of your season with is an angry key role player in your rotation. And you know, your, your star acquisition of the summer coming off an injury, but that's just the way it starts out sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just something that teams have to deal with. We've seen extreme examples in the past, like where the Lakers wound up trading Lamar Odom after David Stern did his whole basketball reasons thing and and all that because he was so upset with the organization. I don't think that's where we're at here with Malcolm Brogdon. Um, a lot of times this sort of stuff can kind of be smoothed over once the ball is in play and, and you're playing games and, and all that's happening and you know, you're back with your team and you're not you know stewing by yourself and, and all of that. That can certainly change the situation as well. So I don't think this is going to end up being something big, but something worth noting. And certainly, again, we've talked about a bunch of the show, something that's going to be brought up on Media Day, something that's going to be asked about, not to the same degree as the Harden situation or Lillard or any of that kind of stuff, but this is still something that's going to be discussed. How are you feeling about the team right now? I expect Malcolm Brogdon, he's a veteran, he's a pro. He's going to smooth things over and off they go. Yeah, one last thought on this too. This is going to be a big first test for Marcus Smart is gone. He was the team's leader. Mm. He was as close as they had to a captain on that team. Uh, they, they don't have a captain. Uh, a lot of NBA teams don't really do the captain thing anymore, but he was as close as you had. And quietly, Grant Williams was a pretty big presence on that team from a leadership standpoint as well. Those are two guys who very likely would have gone to Malcolm Brogdon and said, hey, dude, it, what's done is done but you're here. Like you're either going to be here and be a part of this or, you know, let's not be here. Let's get this figured out. Let's move forward from this. This is a big test for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Now, how do they kind of handle this? Now you have a reportedly unhappy teammate as at the start of the season. What is this going to look like? You know, well, what are the conversations they're going to need to have instead of that's Marcus Smart. We'll do that. And those kind of things. And in that, and it's just, kind of an interesting little subplot to monitor, you know, and a good little test for them as, as the leadership. Cause that's one of the questions that's been asked uh, recently. Jason Tatum did a really good interview with Jeff Goodman um, where he talked about a lot of things, but one of the things he said in there was, you know, I am a leader. I just don't do it like outwardly. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. will see it yelling and screaming and all that. And guys have all kinds of different leadership styles. And I believe you need different approaches. You can't have a team of 12 dudes yet yell at everybody to try to fire him up. It doesn't work that way. Somebody needs to be the one who's a little quieter with their feedback. Somebody needs to be the Al Horford of the group that, you know, they'll throw an arm around the shoulder and say, come on, let's go, go over here now. Let's talk, talk about this. You need those kind of leaders too. Just like you need the fire, fire everybody up leaders. Celtics right now seem a little shy on the, you know, who's going to be the ones to yell at everybody and go. So just a little subplot to monitor as, as the season gets open, opening here for Boston. But yeah, I don't know that, this really changes all that much. I'm far more interested in is Malcolm Brogdon healthy because he had a tear in his elbow only three months or so ago. Like where, where are we at with that? What's going on with that? Can he play or not? That's what really interests me. You know, that's the other thing. As we get closer to media day, this is when we can finally hear because teams don't report surgeries and stuff over, over the summer. Sometimes it comes out through other ways, but We'll finally hear, you know, oh, you know, I had my knee scoped or whatever, and I didn't say anything about it. Like, we're still waiting to find out, did LeBron have surgery on his foot or not? Like, he said he was going to keep it quiet if he did. We'll uh, we'll be able to ask all those questions on on Media Day, so hopefully there'll be a little bit more clarity as well in terms of the the health of Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, we're going to get at least one guy in the league, because it happens every summer where it's, 
yeah, they had surgery, you know, a month ago and they're not going to be ready to play until November, you know, or two weeks into the season or whatever it is. It happens every year. And everybody's like, well, wait, what? Like it comes out of nowhere because they just kept it quiet a couple of years ago. That was, um, if I remember, it wasn't that Bogdan Bogdanovich maybe last year had surgery kind of late. That one wasn't really a surprise, but, um, but those come up every year. Some, somebody, Somebody somewhere in the league is going to come out with like, whoa, that was not what we right. expected. I got hurt in training or something like that. Yeah. And you know, we're just, you know, yeah, we tried to, we, we hoped rest would fix it and it didn't. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I had to have surgery or whatever it is. So yeah, it's, it's going to be something, you know, to watch. Yeah. Injury updates. That's the fun parts of media day are all the silly stuff that comes out. Then you like, the, Oh, that's cool. That's an interesting nugget about a role or something a player worked on. Yeah. And then the injury updates. Those are, those are the things we'll really be looking at. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, good to be back and good to have the NBA season right around the corner. We'll have preseason before we know it. We'll have training camps going on, all kinds of stuff to dive into, which means great time to make sure you subscribe to the NBA front office show on YouTube. And don't forget to do the same over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Till next time. See you and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.